As many of you know, we've been trying to keep you in the loop when uh, InfoWars host Owen Troyer was sent off to prison. Well, he was sent, as you guys recall, to solitary confinement the first weekend of his arrival. And then shortly after giving an audio message to his fans, he was then put back in solitary confinement. Now, as you recall, I went and I reached out to lawmakers, the jail itself, U.S. Marshals, and no one was able to give us a specific reason for Owen's placement in solitary. And so joining us now to discuss all of this is the man who's now free, Owen Schroyer. He's also the host of War, uh, The War Room with Owen Schroyer, which is available on Band Videos as well as Rumble. Owen, thank you for being here. Well, it's great to be here, and I am free from the prison, but unfortunately, the scrutiny of the U.S. government, I'm not free from yet, as they still have me under strict supervised probation for another year, which I've been under probation since 2019. Uh, so it's absolutely crazy, the treatment I get from the U.S. government. And all I have is one misdemeanor, one yeah. misdemeanor, that's it, and I'm treated like some sort of a high uh level of violence felon which of course i'm not yeah yeah of course you're not but you just happen to fall on the wrong side of politics these days and that makes you a target unfortunately uh we talk about that all the time though j6ers are getting unfair treatments but when blm rioters were destroying dc and other major cities around the country uh they never got that form of treatment Owen, oh, you were placed in solitary confinement, which I found to be pretty interesting, given the fact that you're not a violent criminal, you have no history of violence. And so when I heard that you were put into solitary confinement just shortly after being uh, placed in general population, I was quite confused. I reached out to the prison. I reached out to U.S. Marshals. Uh, actually, they wouldn't even tell me anything because they said uh, you didn't sign a waiver for me to figure out that information. And so I had to ask them to go knock on your cell door to ask you to sign that waiver. And they still wouldn't do it. I reached out multiple times. And even lawmakers uh, were, were kind of giving us the cold shoulder. So what was the official reason for your placement in solitary confinement? Well, this seems to be the overall theme. And that's I've accomplished now a lot of first ever's. As far as we can tell, that's myself, my lawyer, and pretty much everybody that was in the prison from longtime inmates to longtime BOP workers at all different levels inside the prison, I'm the first person to ever be in a federal prison for a misdemeanor. First ever. Nobody's ever heard of that. Now, as far as what they, well, let, let me be clear here. When I first got in, I spent a week in solitary confinement for quarantine for COVID. So they're still doing that nonsense, and I don't know how that's even legal that they're still doing that. But I'd first go in, quarantine seven days for COVID. Now, when I got out, I got access to a phone. I made a call to a gentleman that manages some of my social media and just keeps in touch with friends and family. And I said, hey, um, as many people may have heard in the phone call, I'm free from solitary. I appreciate all the mail that I've gotten, including a couple letters from you, Brianna. And I thank you very much for that, as well as your other steadfast effort. We can talk about that more specifically uh, in a moment. And because somehow, I guess it bothered somebody because that call was recorded and went viral on the internet, they threw me back into confinement. It's called the shoe, the special housing unit. Shoe is what you call it when you're, uh, in the prison that's kind of the slang if you will and that's where i remained for the majority 
of my stay. Now, what they do is they hit you with what's called a shot. Now, normally, these are reserved for people that stab people, start fights, start riots, bring in contraband, drugs, cigarettes, what have you. That's normally the type of people they get a shot. But just like I was the first person that they've ever heard of getting to federal prison for a misdemeanor, many people, they say, this is the first person we've ever heard of that's gone to the shoe for a phone call like this. Now, there are some phone abuse um, offenses that you can commit, like you can't pass back a phone. This is how people will get around some communications restrictions. You have a specific number that you have to use when you use the phone before you can even get connected. And so there is a violation. If you use your number to give somebody else the phone, that is a well-known violation that some people engage in. Uh, other than that, and trying to talk to people who've been banned from communicating with, which I did neither of those things, nobody's ever heard of my infraction winding them up in the shoe. And in the documents that they gave me, they have a little hearing inside the prison when you go through this. And it's it's total strong arm tactics. It, it's like a hostage negotiation. It's really just they force you to plea to something that you don't even understand. I mean, I asked the official, I said, well, what is my violation? Can you cite the ordinance? Can you tell me what I did? And she just blankly stared at me like, uh, do you plead guilty? Uh, do you plead guilty? Like, couldn't even tell me the actual bylaws or ordinance that I violated. But when you're stuck in this lockdown situation, your only hope is to plead guilty and hope they let you out. So like I said, they twist your arm and they have you in a bit of a hostage association uh, negotiation. So you basically just plea hoping they'll let you out, but they didn't. I would have spent the majority of my time in there if it wasn't for the political pressure and the prayers. And quite frankly, the warden, who I think is a good person and a good American who uh, helped me out here, I can talk about that in a second. I would have been in there for the vast majority of my stay. And in the documents, it says my infraction was most like phone abuse. So not even phone abuse most like, most like. So they're, so they're not even saying I actually did it. They're saying it was like something. That's a violation that I did. And I had a lot of off the record and, and, you know, because you know what it's like to work in journalism and media. If somebody asks, Hey, please don't mention this is off the record. You, you have to earn that trust and not do it. But I had a few off the record conversations where they basically said, Hey, look, Owen, you know, everything that's going on in here, to you is not us. This is coming from the higher ups. This is not on us. Your beef is not with us. Your beef is with things and people that are way above our pay grade. And I'll just leave it at that. But when I was in the shoe, which you're basically treated like a high security prisoner at that point, you're never let out of your cell. You get three movements a week to shower for 15 minutes on Monday, Wednesday and Friday, they cuff you with every move. They put you into a cage where you just have a little spray thing. You push a button and it sprays you uh, and they cuff you to the cell and to the cage shower. Three meals a day. It's prison food. You can only imagine the lights stay on. Um, it, it's pretty much the worst situation you can ever imagine. Um, yeah. You know, I don't know what it's like in Guantanamo Bay, but I would guess it's not too different from what I experienced in the shoe. Now, Eventually, after three weeks in there, I have a meeting with the warden and he asks me because of all the political pressure on the outside. My name got brought up during a BOP hearing. 
and and he asked me because I guess the notion is somehow that I'm running all this political pressure from the inside. And so when he saw me, he was just kind of like in awe thinking, how are you doing this? How are you running all this thing, all this whole thing from the shoe? I guess thinking that that maybe I have some connection or, or something uh, nefarious is going on. I don't know what's going on. I have no connection with the outside. And so when I explained that to him, he, he was kind of like, oh, okay, well, I guess that makes sense. I guess this is all organic, which of course it was all organic. Yeah. And when he figured out that I'm not the troublemaker here, and when he figured out that I'm not bringing in contraband or breaking any rules, and of course, from the political pressure on the outside, he said, hey, look, just you know, promise me you're not here to to cause any trouble for this prison, cause any trouble for the inmates, cause any trouble for the staff, cause any trouble for me, and and I'll let you out and we'll each scratch each other's back here. And I said, hey, I was never trying to cause any trouble here from the begin with. Whatever's going on on the outside, I have no idea about. I've been in lockdown the whole time. And so uh, that's how I was able to get out of the shoe early, really. Otherwise, I would have been in there for probably my entire stay, short of maybe a day or two, on the outside. So really, I have to give a big thanks to all the people that were praying for me, a big thanks to people like you that were putting political pressure uh, pressure on it as well. But what's crazy is it wasn't just you, a journalist looking for answers. My lawyers couldn't even get answers, Brianna. That's how yeah. really, that's how bad it is inside the BOP, the laziness, the ineptitude, the incompetence. It was quite a learning experience, I will tell you. And prison reform, along with justice reform, is something that is desperately needed in this country. Yeah, yeah, no, it is 100%. Uh, I completely agree with that. And you know what's so funny? The reason why I reached out initially was because I'm friends with uh, former uh, NYPD Commissioner Bernie Carrick. And Bernie Carrick was also somebody who went to federal prison for uh, allegations regarding tax invasion, I believe it was. And upon pleading guilty, he was placed in solitary confinement and he wasn't sure why. He's ran prisons, this guy. This guy has literally run prisons bigger than the one he was being sent to. And uh, it wasn't for about two weeks in, he found out that this was done at the request of Obama Attorney General Eric Holder. And this seems to be happening a lot. I don't understand how they're even able to get away with it. Um, when I asked these questions, they didn't want to respond. Uh, I even actually reached out to the ACLU. The ACLU has a history of going after these prisons when they're unfairly using solitary confinement because they know the history that it has and what kind of mental health issues it causes. And the ACLU wouldn't get involved. I know a lot of people laughed at me for that, but uh, they, they, they stick up for some really bad people. So I figured this was going to be an easy win for them and they refused to respond. Uh, I want to talk about though, why you weren't able to speak to your attorney. It's your constitutional right. You're allowed to speak to your lawyer. I reached out to your lawyer. He didn't know what was going on either. Uh, when the dust finally settled, was your attorney able to get any answers out of all of this? I think my attorneys still have more questions than answers. As far as yeah. the reasons why, I, I can't really give specifics other than just the general statement that this is just the ineptitude inside the Bureau of Prisons and the disinterest. And, you know, I guess I would put it like this because this is really what it comes down to. And I, I want to be careful here because there were a lot of people on the inside that, that showed me respect. And I think there were a lot of good people on the inside as well. But the truth of the matter is that they don't care about prisoners. They really don't. Once you become a prisoner in there, they don't give a damn about you. You're just another number. And 
I'm I'm very fortunate and very blessed that I do have a large following, that I do have a large platform, and that I do have a lot of people that care about me because otherwise they don't care. This is how they treat prisoners. They don't care what they do to you. They don't care if they open your legal mail before you get it. They don't care if they doctor your legal mail. They don't care if they deny you the right to a phone call, whether it's with your family or your attorney. They don't care if they deny you the right to visitors because the assumption is nobody cares about you and you have no pull on the outside and you have no platform and you have no following on the outside. So really, this is how tri- uh, the, the mistreatment that prisoners receive on in prisons every day. I'm just lucky that I had a large following and a large platform, so everybody heard about it. Usually, they don't give a damn about prisoners. And the only reason they had to at least pretend to care about me and make some sort of an effort to make sure that I was getting my rights, which I was still denied, was because of who I was. So this is, a, I'm telling you, you know, and, and I do believe God made me go through all of this so that I could see this. Most prisoners, they throw you in there and they don't give a damn about you. There was a story of a guy who was having a heart attack and normally he would have died if it wasn't for the prisoners making a bunch of noise saying, hey, you got to come help this guy. They'll just let you die in the cell if you're having a heart yeah. attack. Now, this was a different story from a different prison. But I'm telling you, they do not care at all about prisoners because they assume nobody cares about you. So nobody will ever hear about the mistreatment they receive. But that's not going to be the case with me. Yeah. 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 I know there's been plenty of people trying to work on some type of criminal justice reform, but within the prison system itself, not exactly the laws uh, making it easier for criminals to get by. There's a lot of great Republicans who are working on that now. Um, but it's interesting because, I mean, you were in there for a snippet of time. We've had plenty of J6ers like Stuart Rhodes and uh, Enrique Tario who were in solitary confinement for two years, two years, and, and they were never really given a valid reason. I know when I call the jails to ask on their behalf, uh, I was told that, it, that they requested it. And that was bizarre because I spoke to these individuals and they told me that they did not. Uh, so this is definitely an ongoing issue, especially with J6ers that hopefully members of Congress begin to look into because they have to. I want to get into your appeals process, though. You are appealing uh, your agreement. Your you, you did agree, obviously, to plead guilty originally, but now you're appealing it. So, where is that at right now, and and what's the what's the end goal for you? Well, the appeal has been denied throughout this process, and it looks like it's going to end up at the Supreme Court. And I, mm-hmm. you know, as far as a goal is concerned. I just, I just want actual justice here. There was no justice for Owen Troyer. And as far as the plea agreements are concerned, you know, even, even the plea agreements are just a complete sham now. It's a complete farce now. Defendants are forced into plea agreements because the incentive from the Department of Justice and all of its workers is not justice. The incentive from the U.S. attorneys and the prosecuting attorneys is a conviction. That's all they care about is their conviction rate. They don't give a damn about justice. All they care about is their conviction rate. And then I guess all the judges care about is filling the prisons. And so imagine when the incentive from the Department of Justice is conviction and prison, well, justice is completely lost in the process. Now, maybe we wouldn't have to go through this appeals process if the U.S. attorneys would have done the right thing, not put me in jail, said you've served your probation, okay, slap me on the wrist with a misdemeanor, and then we all go on our way. But no. 
They wanted to have their cake and eat it too. They wanted to throw me in jail for a speech crime. They wanted me to know specifically that it was my speech that they considered a violation that wound me up in jail. And they want to keep me on high level supervised probation with all kinds of restrictions for another year of my life. I mean, again, at every step of this process, when I've dealt with the U.S. government, at least when individuals representing the U.S. government are being honest, they say, oh, and I've never seen anything like this before. So from prison for a misdemeanor, put in the shoe for a phone call to a year-long restrictive supervised probation for a misdemeanor, nobody has ever seen this before. But it's coming from the top. I don't know if it comes from Merrick Garland or one of these other individuals that have been making sure that the January 6th defendants are getting tortured in jail, and we do know who some of them are. Um, This is all coming from the very top. And so really this is what you have the Democrat party doing and the American left doing. And what sucks is that it's hard for people to really comprehend it until they go through it themselves. Because I hear a lot of, Oh, well, just don't break the law or just don't do this or just don't do that. Yeah. Say that when you get thrown in jail for doing nothing, say that when you get locked away for not committing a crime, because believe me, there are plenty who have already been through it. And we tend to exist in our political realms. There are political prisoners that are locked away in jail right now that have nothing to do with politics. They call out corrupt judges. They call out corrupt attorneys. They call out corruption in the insurance companies. They call out corruption in the pharmaceutical companies. They call out corruption in Medicaid. And they get locked away and sent to prison and silenced and shut up. I only know about this because I met them. They gave me their court documents. They say, hey, look, I know you're thinking, oh, everybody in here is innocent. But no, here, read my documents. Read my sentencing memo. Read my charging documents. And it's true. There are way more political prisoners in this country than we realize. Yeah, yeah. It truly is a disgrace. Uh, I I hope it's something that we can fix. Uh, I just don't know how we could fix it at this point because I feel like we're so deep into it right now. Owen, you obviously are going to, like you said, take this up to the Supreme Court, and and I look forward to that because this needs to be heard. For those of you at home right now who are thinking, how can I help Owen out? There's a couple of ways to do so. You have the owentroyer.store. Is that correct? That's one platform that people could use to support you? So that's that's my uh, individual store right there. I mean, really, the best way right now to support me is to just keep my name relevant because my story needs to be heard. I'm in the process of writing a book right now that everybody is going to need to hear about. Luckily, because of the popularity of my show at InfoWars, The War Room, that's on 3 to 6 p.m. Central Time weekdays, luckily because of the popularity of that, which, by the way, was banned everywhere until recently Elon Musk let us back on X, you used to have to go to band.video to find it. And then we would have to change the URLs. Like the only URL you can share now is madmaxworld.tv because they ban all of our URLs to make sure that nobody can even send it in an email or a text or on social media. But because of the popularity on that show, uh, you know, like I said, I was able to get out of the shoe and hopefully I can raise a, a larger focus on the problems in here. But the best way to support me right now is uh, there's plenty of options for financial support. Uh, I want to keep InfoWars on the air so I can keep my show going. You can support InfoWars at InfoWarsStore.com. You can support me by going to OwenShroyerStore.com. We have some fundraisers that I use for my legal fund. 
like the one that is on the screen right there, defendowen.com. I also have a Rumble channel, rumble.com slash Owen. But, uh, you know, right now I just want to make sure that I stay relevant. And, and we talked about this before I went on. You were saying, you know, geez, you're doing like four or five interviews a day. I have to keep my story relevant for at least another month because when I write my book about this, there's going to be things in there that people need to hear and need to know about not just what I experienced. My experience in the prison is just a vessel for the world and Americans to see what many people in the prison system are going to. And, and I'll, you know, I'll kind of put it like this. Most people in the prison that I was in do not belong there. They have no business in the prison. Many of them are fathers. They have multiple children at home. They're not bad people. Many of them aren't even criminals. They're just political prisoners. And they certainly don't belong in prison. Even if you want to charge them, put them on an ankle monitor and, and have them at home with their families. It was unreal what I witnessed. And again, prison reform is one thing. Justice reform is one thing. We have to know this story. I'm just a vessel. It's not about me. I don't I don't even that's why it's like, look, I, I want to do well. I want to have a successful life and a career. But right now, my story and my person is a vessel for people to find out the truth about political prisoners in the United States of America. And and the absurd, the absurd situations that we have in prisons today, it should not be like this. Yeah. Yeah, it shouldn't be. I mean, if there could be one positive thing to come out of it, though, I'm, I'm glad you're going to use this to help others because that's really important. I know just based on the people I'm calling all the time who are in prison right now, they really, really need the help. Owen Troyer, thank you so much for joining us today. We really appreciate it. Thank you, Brianna. Glad to be here. There will be more stories to come from this experience, and uh, I hope to be able to tell it on your show. And, and, and really, thank you for your effort while I was away to keep my story relevant. Always, Owen. Thank you so much. Hey, everyone. I'm getting ready to head out right now. But before I go, I always have to put on some deodorant. And I used to look all the time for the best deodorant. I couldn't find it on the shelves at all until our good friends over at Give a Derm came out with a brand new deodorant. This one's called Pits Me Off. It's incredible. Watch this. It's super easy. Ta-da. And that's all you need. And it dries super quick. Obviously, I'm wearing black. There's no white residue left over. It's a natural deodorant. It's made right here in the USA. There's none of those Chinese harmful chemicals also included in it. It's giveaderm.com. And then use the promo code Brianna for 10% off. You gotta try it. You guys, I've said it once before, so I'm gonna say it again. And under the Biden regime, I've never been more worried about my financial future. I called my good friend, Dr. Kirk Elliott, because I wanted to come up with a plan put in place to make sure I was secure. And he came up with a plan for me to invest in silver. I'm rich. I've got my silver. I'm feeling so much better about my future. I highly recommend you give him a call and just chat with his team. 720-605-3900. And you could also head over to his website if you'd like to schedule an appointment. It's kirkelliottphd.com slash Brianna. I want to let our audience in on a little secret. I'm saving hundreds of dollars each year after switching over both of my lines to Patriot Mobile. Yes, so now my business and personal line are with Patriot Mobile. Now Patriot Mobile uses the same towers that you're probably already using now, except it's less expensive. 
So my 5G towers that I love to use my old provider, I'm still using them now. I'm just paying significantly less money to do so. And on top of it all, Patriot Mobile believes in the same things you and I believe in. They have the same morals. So they donate to causes that are like pro-life causes, veteran causes, and even the NRA. It's incredible. So I highly recommend you head over to PatriotMobile.com right now. Take a look at their plans and sign up. And today, if you sign up and use promo code Brianna, they're going to waive the activation fee. Yes, you heard it right. They're going to waive the activation fee. Just make sure you use promo code Brianna, B-R-E-A-N-N-A. The only channel dedicated exclusively to world entertainment. I'm your host, Brianna Morello. My journey into conservative media is quite unique. I was raised in Huntington, New York with my six siblings. My mom stayed at home and raised us all while my father worked. After graduating school, I landed in the sports world. I was a freelance reporter and a producer for several outlets. I worked for companies like Major League Baseball, NHL, ESPN Plus, and many others. But it wasn't until a couple of years in the sports world I realized it just wasn't for me. So I made the jump into the news industry. My first gig was at Fox News and Fox Business. I was a teleprompter operator. And although they say it's an entry-level position, it was extremely high-pressure environment. You stay classy, San Diego. I'm Ron Burgundy? Who typed a question mark on the teleprompter? After spending a year over at Fox, I decided New York wasn't for me. So I picked up all my belongings and drove all the way down to South Florida. I moved to West Palm Beach before anyone else did. And then during my time in West Palm Beach, I landed at a local news station down here. I was so tired of having to just copy and paste over scripts from platforms like the Associated Press and other platforms where you just don't put thought process into it and there's somebody else who's generating a script for your anchor. So then I ended up landing at Newsmax. I think Bloomberg has a really tough situation he's going through right now. After spending quite some time over at Newsmax, I did head back to Fox. I started working for Maria Bartiroma as a booking producer for her Fox Business weekend show, as well as Wall Street Journal at large. After finding out that Fox wanted me to comply with the local New York City vaccine mandate, I resigned. But I am extremely grateful because if it wasn't for that, I wouldn't have landed my first gig in independent journalism with Emerald Robinson. We launched The Absolute Truth on Lindell TV and it's been absolutely incredible. It's our very own senior producer here at The Absolute Truth for her show debut. I am now a firm believer in independent journalism and strongly believe that will save our country. So I'm honored to be on this independent platform and bring you the stories you won't see anywhere else. Join me in my journey on The Brianna Morello Show here on Rumble.